Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz have a slight break here. Donovan directs traffic. Chest to Boyan. Quick release three. Good. Boyan's on fire. Bogdanovich is four for four from three. The Jazz are seven of ten. They lead it 26-23. Bogdanovich fires. Oh, bogey! Don't go to George drives to the rack, sees Gobert, lays it up and in. Paul George is gaining confidence as the night goes on and has 26 points. Clippers in control right now, leading by two, but have the momentum on an 11-4 run. This doesn't look like the Jazz at all. Paul George has 30 points on the night. Reggie Jackson, left corner, fires a three, hits it. Jazz margin of error is not great. George passes to man, drives the shot, dunks on Gobert, Terrence Mann just dunked on Rudy Gobert. Donovan steps back, four or three, and misses. Singles left corner three, no good. O'Neal, right corner three, missed another. The Jazz still do not have a second half three-point shot. They are 0 for 12. We got to understand that we got to be able to close out to these guys and make it tougher on them as a whole. All these shots got to make it tougher, and if we don't, we're going to be home, and we have no choice at this point. And I think we will pick it up, and we will be better in game six because we have no choice. I got to find a way, otherwise I'm going to be home. I said it last year, and I said during the year, we didn't do all this to lose in the second round, so got to figure it out. Otherwise, that's it. Well, Gordon, Game 5 did not go as a lot of Jazz fans hoped. 119-111 was uh, the final. The Clippers now lead uh, three games to two and have an opportunity to close it out tomorrow night in L.A. Uh, Tip-off will be at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin at 7. Um, Gordon, there's there's a lot of stuff to hit on with this game. Um, I, I'm going to give you the – where do you want – where would you like to start? Well, let's okay. let you bring the bad news. Well, You're good at that. <laughs> Let's go. I wrote a fairly critical column uh, that's posted at SLTrib.com. I haven't done a lot of that with the Jazz in recent years because they they haven't really deserved it. I've seen mostly positive things. But what I saw last night was not positive. And uh, when, when, when you get into a game and you start shooting lights out, and when the Jazz usually do that, man, they catch fire and the whole thing goes really well from that point. Well, they, they caught fire. They were making their shots. Bogdanovich was out of his mind. We all saw it. And uh, but, but the Jazz are hitting all those threes. What they have in the first half? 17? Correct. And, and they're, they're up by five? They should have been up by four times that much. And where was the problem? Defensive intensity, right? Sure was. And that's what Rudy was talking about there. It really bothered him, and it should have. Uh, The Clippers were just having their way, and they were very consistent. They had the 60 points in the first half and 59 in the second. And the Jazz scoring, meanwhile, in that second half, tailed off, and they couldn't stay. They couldn't stop with them. That's what Quinn said. Couldn't get enough stops, and they just powered through to the end. And the Jazz, they were flinging shots up and missing shots and losing uh, losing their playoff attitude that you have to have to win a game like that. And I'll be daggone. And Rudy brought this up. I think the fact that Kawhi Leonard was not in that game 
somehow in the Jazz's minds, they switched off a little bit. And and Mike Conley said that he was afraid something like that might happen. And Rudy said afterward that something like that did happen. And there's just no well, he speculated to be fair. Well, I mean, they they would know. But they? he listed that amongst a couple of other things, he and did. he said it could have been. So okay. I'm just saying he didn't right. he didn't come well, out and say. Well, he did say that there was a lack of urgency. All right. I'm just trying to be fair. Here yeah, I know, but you I'm get my trying point. To accurately represent what Rudy said. Well, that's what's what he said, and uh, I, I just don't, I, I can't find an excuse for that. Not in a game five, when you have got a situation where you're on your home floor, you have all those fans screaming for you, you have <laughs> the best player normally on the court is not on the court because he's gone now to a knee injury. And you can't shut the door on that. I mean that Paul George had his way with the Jazz, and then he inspired other guys to do likewise. And everybody who had a part to play played that part, and the and the Jazz couldn't stop it. So I I, I certainly don't disagree with any of that. I I will add this because I I mean I, I think what you're talking about is true. But uh, what's what? has disappointed me gordon and and not to circle around to this every single show but it's still very relevant where where is the adjustment i mean the clippers have played the same way for the last three games Mm -hmm. and the jazz have not really done anything differently and you know they hit 17 coach lacombe was talking about this last night and i think he's right on they hit 17 threes in the first Mm -hmm. half most of them weren't terrific shots what most of them weren't benefiting from the offense like those those shots Bogdanovich hit he was just jab stepping and shooting in the guy's face that's not the offense working that's bogey nailing a contested well, the ball, shot the, but the it, ball was moving oh I, I don't know if I would agree with that well, take well, I, I mean my I, point I really that don't is that Donovan wasn't taking over the game he was uh he was being uh, he only took five shots in the first half right. I hear you but it, there was a lot of no pass, one pass mm-hmm. possessions. They didn't. They didn't really. Donovan was backing out and reading the double team, but then it wasn't going anywhere, and it it wasn't the offense that we're used to seeing. And then they get the same bad shots in the second half, and we're surprised they only made three. I believe three threes in the second half. Yeah, they finished with twenty, and only uh, uh, zero in the third quarter. None, not one. And that so, third quarter was a mess. I, I just I want to know. I, I'm surprised that there hasn't been an adjustment. There hasn't been, well, the Clippers are going to do this because it works, and they're not going to stop doing this until we figure out how to make it not work. Okay. And they haven't done that for three games. So let me give you my thought on that. I think that there's a realization here, and it's something that you and I have talked about a lot but it has been underscored, circled, and marked during this series, and that is the Jazz's problems defending around the perimeter. And Rudy Gobert is a great defender, and that's why the Jazz are were like the fourth-rated defense in the league. But their perimeter uh, resistance is not particularly good, and what the Clippers have done it, with their length, and this happened at both ends of the floor, with their length and athleticism, they have taken it to the Jazz. And the Jazz are not as athletic as they are. They are not as long as they are, with the exception of Rudy. 
but the other guys, Rudy can't guard everybody. And there was nobody on the Jazz's defensive end who could slow down Paul George. No one. Royce O'Neal gets a lot of credit for being a gutty defender and whatnot. He's just not good enough to guard Paul George when he had it going on like that. And so they're taking advantage of that, the Clippers are, at both ends of the floor. And so what, is, what does Quinn Snyder do about that? I'm, I'm not sure. Right. I don't know either, but uh, I'm surprised there hasn't been a more effective reaction in three games. Yeah. I do agree that the Jazz dropped the ball last night. There was there was an opportunity, and uh, they did not seize it, and the Clippers um, certainly did. They came out, you know, focused and ready to go. But how do you do that? How do you do that in a game like that? The, the, the Jazz have all the advantages, right? I understand that Donovan Mitchell is is banged up, but at least he can play. Uh, you got the home crowd there. You got a building where you lost five games all season long, and and um, it's the it's the Clippers that should have had to scramble, not the Jazz. And they go out there, and then Rudy says, "Not enough urgency. The mindset wasn't right." And and I was just shocked by that, shocked by it. And in the first half. As you said, maybe uh, from a schematic standpoint, things weren't going all that smooth, but the basket, the ball was going through the net. And at the other end, at the defensive end, uh, it's not happening. And uh, they're not getting stops. And it was just, I, I don't know. I just watched that game and I'm going, what do I, what's happening here? It, you would have thought they were playing that game at Staples Center. The Jazz um, are still predicated on defense. The offense got a lot better when they made some moves a couple years ago, but defense is still where their bread is buttered. And that's why I believe that's why we hear Coach Snyder talk about it repeatedly in a, you know, every post game. I don't think that's just messaging. I think he means it, yeah. that they need to get stops and need to play defense in order to be successful. And that brings us to you know transition offense, which is their best offense and they've hardly got into transition at all yeah. against the Clippers in yeah. this series. Even even when they got rebounds, they they didn't push that transition uh, as much as they did in the regular season. I I honestly don't know the reason other than that's something that Mike Conley is really really good at. That's that's what he looked to do. So I I think that that's there. I suppose, but I just the Jazz. We talked about it before the series began, Gordon. The Jazz needed to make the Clippers adjust to them. Make the Clippers have to figure out what the Jazz are doing because, you know, it's working. Well, the the Clippers have long defenders who are athletic, and the Jazz struggle against that. It's a difficult thing for them. But the Jazz at the defensive end, Jake, and you know this already, but let me go through this. Nick Batum shoots 50%. Marcus Morris makes 10 of 16 Reggie Jackson hits 8 of 15. Paul George hits 12 of 22. And uh, Terrence Mann hits 50%, 4 of 8. That is, and the, and the Clippers as a whole shoot 51%, 40% from 3. That's too good. That's too good. You're not going to win games when those numbers are what they were. Yeah, they need stops. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know how they're going to get them. I'm surprised that they haven't figured out 
uh, at least a way to slow him down. Because they didn't do anything differently with Kawhi Leonard out of the lineup. They played the same way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and it was still effective. How yeah. is it still effective three games in? I, I don't know. And, and it maybe brings back to your point that the Jazz simply do not have the personnel. Well, how how does But they team... haven't really done anything all that differently either. Okay. But how do, how do the Clippers – sorry, my headset's going in and out. How, how do the Clippers do what exactly what you just said? How does – I couldn't even – if it weren't that I recognized Kawhi Leonard, I wouldn't even know when he wasn't in the game. Yeah. No, because Paul George uh, went supernova. I mean, he had he had arguably the best game of his career last night. Was, but look at the amazing. other guys. Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson. Yeah, because they're getting open shots because Kawhi is pulling the strings because nobody can guard him. It was the same thing as Kawhi. It was Kawhi and Paul both doing that in games, uh, what would it have been, three and four. Yeah. And last night it was just Paul. And it. It's working extraordinarily well, and it's getting guys open shots. Listen, these guys are NBA players. You give those players you just mentioned, you know, you just rattled off shooting percentage. You give them open shots with nobody in the neighborhood, and they're going to make them. But there were there were a lot of occasions where these guys were created. Paul George was he was setting up his teammates, but he was go, he was he was going ISO, and he was beating whoever tried to cover him. He was just beating them. Leaving him in the dust. See, this and, and and I mean Reggie Jackson hit that one three from about twenty seven feet out, straight out from the basket. And who was that who was covering him? Because they did a nice job. It was all over him, and it was nothing but a, a dusted net. I mean, I was sitting there going, "What is going on here?" I think you don't usually see that at, at uh, Vivian Arena. The problem I think the Jazz have to solve, and this is just opinion here. There's probably some coach who says I'm full of it. But the Clippers seemingly have game plan on both sides of the ball to limit Rudy's game I- impact on the game, if not use his game against the Jazz. Because when Rudy helps when Paul George beats his man, Rudy is leaving a guy open. Right. And that is going to generate an open shot, whether it's on the kick or whether it's on the second pass or whether it's on the extra pass. It's uh-huh. going to generate an open shot because you can't r- recover 100%. It's only a matter of time. And, the you know, of course, philosophy is if you have all the shooters on the floor, whoever has that open shot pulls the trigger. Right. We saw it over and over again, right? I mean, and it's in a weird way using Rudy against the Jazz, except for Rudy has to prevent the dunk. <laughs> because it's going to be a dunk if Rudy doesn't do anything. Uh, so how do you make Rudy more impactful? How do you bring him to the play? And then offensively speaking, they're making the entry pass so difficult that Rudy can't get the ball. Yeah. So how do you get Rudy involved in the offense, and how do you get Rudy involved in the defense? Maybe it's a zone. I don't hate the idea of covering Paul George with Rudy. I really don't. Well, that happened a couple times. It did. Rudy is underrated defending the ball. Everybody thinks like, oh, he's this gangly guy who can't defend more athletic players, but he's pretty good at it. I I don't hate the idea of that at all. And at very least, if Rudy gets beat, he's going to catch up at the rim and challenge the shot. Over the last two preseasons, Jake, what have we said is the Jazz's number one need? Uh a good columnist to cover the team. That would help. That would help. <laughs> but it's perimeter defense. Yeah, we've talked we've about said it, for it a, a thousand time. times. Yeah. Yep. And and Rudy can't cover everybody. And so when I see what happened last night, I was going, who can stop somebody? Who? 
That's what they needed. Yep. Uh, I want to remind you about our friends at Christian Roberts Mortgage. If you're going to work with an expert for your next home loan, you need to connect with the most preferred lender in Utah. Christian Roberts Mortgage, specializing in jumbo loans. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.